यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट Ashish what's your sense of how this will play out i mean we have had a rash of bank ex- explosions really both private and uh, and public and at this point it really seems like whatever was done in terms of consolidation of banks or recapitalizations has neither turned the bankers into better assessors nor better lenders what do you think might be a, a really sort of breakthrough announcement or decision with regards to mergers and acquisition or with regards to the government trying to step away from the banking space and making more place for uh, sophisticated private players i think uh, in some ways uh, uh, the life seems to be that if the banks are not uh, there uh, the world will come to uh, an end you know uh, and that pretty much the entire discussion is about bank rather than budget or india indian economy right and for me uh, what happened is when i joined bse around 2009 and the stock market market capitalization in india was around 60% of the the banking systems balance sheet on one side uh, we pre- gave tremendous importance to the banking system by putting lot and much more money and giving them many more benefits compared to the rest of the country and what happened after 11 years uh, after 11 half years now i when i see the stock market market capitalization is now uh, almost i mean the banking system is now 70% of the stock market market capitalization what has happened is the banking system which was supposed to be very large has become very small compared to the stock market so what has happened is that people have slowly moved away from their dependence on banking system and banking system has slowly moved into the their dependence on government so each time and there are people with concentrated amount of money uh, which means they also make concentrated amount of noise about their importance and without them the country can do nothing and for me uh, that's why i would rather move away just to give you a few more perspectives is that indian banking or indian fintech system today is pretty much the strongest and most automated fintech system anywhere in the world in 2019 i actually spoke at un on how good indian fintech system is fintech ecosystem that includes npci rtgs natch and many other things I mean 2 billion transactions a month now npci is doing unheard of anywhere in the world including china which is actually giving it to one company called wechat india didn't do that why i'm telling you this is india is fully completely thoroughly integrated into the fintech ecosystem and that's why uh, rupas another uh, framework uh, which she basically mentioned about how uh, we can develop other systems other uh, institutions so that we don't remain dependent on those banks who keep on crying for more money all the time and if uh, the monetary uh, policies go against their favor then they will again start raising the interest rates and keep on making more money so for me uh, somewhere on the line the stock market is what has actually uh, saved the day uh, it has also uh, brought into light what i call low cost job creation there was a perception created and which was true in the earlier days is that if you have to create jobs you need to put in tremendous amount of money last 20 years we have not put tremendous amount of money at all but jobs have been created because the new technologies allow low cost job creation and that's where you don't even require too much of capital from banks or otherwise to come into that you require much more smartness much more exposure to rest of the world and that's how the world is actually moving i call it capitalism without capital you don't require capital borrowed and then repay back and then uh, 
everyone has to play god saying somebody is going to pay repay after 10 years and psus are able to not uh, do it well but private sector banks are able to do it i mean i don't believe i am also a banker in fact rupa and i both in our earlier avatar uh, were uh, bankers and so those are basically more uh, ways to market private sector vis-a-vis -vis public sector that doesn't mean public sector doesn't have uh, sort of uh, uh, their own problems but effectively we have given too much importance to banks it was true in earlier days and rest of the world is also still giving and so we are not alone rest of the world is also giving but now idea is to move away to figure out how to have finance not only through banks coming into the world and that's where i think the markets have played a, a yeoman's job in bringing more people in fact in last one year alone i have got 1.2 crore new investor accounts opened with vse today i am close to 6 crore uh, total accounts out of which almost 20% new accounts were opened only in last one year literally every day our members every working day our members are opening 70 75000 accounts per day right uh, and this is all automated uh, and for me how india needs to move forward it needs to figure out what are those 5 10 20 sectors that will create more jobs that will create a situation in the world that uh, basically india will be able to exploit later on and if you look back in last one year alone despite all the procrastination all problems which people were trying to tell india ran the world india ran its banking system but india ran world's banking system every bank what its name across the world has back office in india or the software subsidiary in india and we ended up running all of that including even retail sector of most part of the world their back offices are in india why i am telling you this is we have something really going great for us we are not looking at we are saying no give money to banks who will give it to somebody who will waste and keep on giving more and more money here the jobs are getting created the other side so we need to figure out whether the budget should be made for people who are wasting money or budget or basically the economy should go towards basically uh, putting money where the jobs will be created and slowly stock markets are getting used that's why you can see the market capitalization is now almost sure. one and a half times that of the uh, banking system size sure no there's no doubt your uh, your market has done very well ashish i'm sure it's the apple of the finance minister's eye i just hope she doesn't turn on it with uh, a couple of more taxes because it's been her best performing son uh, this is unfortunately a conversation about banking and finance but i am keen to hear your thoughts on the economy and i'm going to come on that but rupa you raised an important point earlier you know about how the budget up until now was actually discussed as a tax document it was mainly that a statement of accounts kind of day whereas now there seems to be a far higher and greater social imperative to the discussions um what do you think will be the thrust of the social imperative with this financial focus what do you think the finance minister will do in order to ensure that both meet and um, and really achieve what what looks like extremely pressing issues at this point whether it's health or unemployment or generally lifting as you said the lowest part of the economy up again Uh, before I get to that, Mitali, I want to comment on your question on the banking system. What uh, is uh, the one thing that can be done? And then I want to pick up on a point uh, that Ashish made and build from there. Yeah. I think if there is one thing that can be addressed on the banking side, it is governance. If yeah. the bank boards can be uh, freed up to be truly independent, uh, and and I am talking about the public sector banks as well. I think that will be a huge step forward. I think a lot of the issues we talked about, 
a lot of the issues that Anand talked about, you know, confidence in taking decisions, market-based decisions, etc., have a lot to do with governance. So I think that is one big step. If there can be any meaningful announcement on that, it would be very powerful. Point number two, I think, as Ashish very rightly said, time to look beyond banking. Uh, I think banking has hogged far too much of the attention uh, in discussions on the economy than it needs to do today. Uh, if you look at not just the public capital markets, which Ashish is a part of, but the private capital markets in India, whether it be PE, VC, impact investing, has actually seen more new capital come in than even the stock markets have seen. So, you know, these are real drivers of the economy. The second thing I would like to bring out in the context of what the budget can do in building resilience amongst those most affected is continue to build, build, build on the one differentiator that India has today, which is our public digital infrastructure. There are very few countries in the world who in the face of the pandemic have been able to transfer cash to hundreds of millions of people at the click of a button. And we have been able to do that thanks to Jandhan, Aadhaar, Mobile, thanks to the India stack, uh, which is all the way from your Aadhaar identity up to the unified payment interface, which is the lowest cost uh, system in the world for money transfers. If we can replicate this public digital infrastructure in all areas, can we have an ag why just have the India stack? Can we have an agri stack? Can we have a skill stack? Can we have a health stack? And you know, if you have measures in the budget that allow us to take this digitization agenda forward and create, you know, you have tremendous amount of data that all of us are creating today. And can you really tap into this data in a in a way that is not privacy? Uh, uh, you know, uh, that is not kind of intruding on the privacy of people, but can you really mobilize this data to provide a whole range of aspirational products and services and build resilience? For example, the fintechs today or the startups today are using this data to access populations that previously could not be accessed. You know, these are people who are you, your vegetable vendors, your drivers, your uh, small shop owners, small businesses, there is an entire revolution that can be created across these sectors. And I'm really hoping to see measures in the budget that really catalyze development through digital. Because I think that can lead to quick solutions that can lead to, and what does that mean? It means activating a whole range of instruments uh, like blended capital. It means recognizing a whole uh, you know, bringing, removing the bottlenecks, bottlenecks that exist in some of our AIF guidelines, for example, in social venture funds, it, it allows providing incentives to get onto platforms, you know, because that is where you can really, ha you can really harness the power of digital. So I really think the time has come to, to really free up the governance and banks and then move the discussions to other drivers of the economy where actually a lot more money is flowing in today at unprecedented levels, which is your public capital markets as well as your private capital markets. And a lot of this capital is seriously interested in doing good. It is interested in targeting the most vulnerable. It is interested those traditional venture capital today are now going on going down to the mass market. So you know these this is what the market is doing. You don't need you don't need a government sitting there telling you do this and have directed lending. And, and lend to this sector and lend to that sector. The market is 
naturally moving to this segment is what i would say anant uh, the stock market's joy has been the fixed income market sorrow uh, perhaps the worst performing market uh, across this region i guess in part because of the amount of stress it's had to take on both in terms of you know center borrowing state borrowing figures what do you think the fixed income market will be watching for in terms of headline fiscal deficit figures or how it's going to be financed how do you think that part of the financial system is going to move well it's clearly tricky mitali but uh, so far to be honest rbi has done a tremendous job uh, it's practically put a lid and a cap at the 10 year bond at 6% Uh, it's yeah. also kept uh, liquidity very loose. Of course, it's withdrawing a bit of it right now, but it's it's ensured that, for instance, short-term CPCD rates remain at when below four percent, and you know it's 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 kept it it's kept interest rates uh, suppressed, but nevertheless uh, good for revival. Now, about the budget, look, um, um, obviously it depends upon what numbers uh, the finance minister comes out with. Unfortunately, we'll have to parse through the numbers a lot because the numbers sometimes can hide a lot more than they can reveal, and they've done that in the last few budgets. But here is the deal. I think uh, going back to your earlier question as well, uh, clearly we are hoping that the focus of this budget is going to be on jobs and output, right? And and that yeah. remains my yeah. biggest refrain. As long as we can create enough output to cater to our demand, in fact, more than the de- our demand, and therefore become net exporters, as long as we can create sustainable jobs. all of our problems whether it's growth equality whether it's um, you know prosperity inflation all of that can be taken care of right now how does the finance minister achieve this or how can she help in the process the first part which ashish and rupa also alluded to look you, you need money to invest into infrastructure if you intend to get supply chains from china if you intend to give manufacturing a boost a lot of good reforms have happened labor reforms corporate tax PLIs, production link incentives. These are all good stuff, but you need to supplement it with a lot of other things, making land available and making infrastructure available. That needs money. So that's the first thing where she has to put in money. The second, if you need jobs to be created for the long term, you also need to invest in health, education, nutrition, sanitation, and other public services. It's not from the goodness of our heart. Unless you invest in our youth, in their wellness, in their education, they will not produce uh, wealth ever going forward. and finally yeah. i do think money is required and investments are required into the banking system and I'll, i'll come to that in a minute but the question is how do you manage all this without blowing the budget and the budget numbers are looking bad mitali if you if you look through the smoke screens anyway the deficit is pretty large right the government is all central government alone has borrowed more than 14 lakh crores including bills for the financial year alone that's a tremendous number we've not seen numbers like this so here is the deal mitali Uh, for this year financial year my estimate against shown of the accounting smoke screens is that our revenue deficit alone is about 7% of gdp what is revenue deficit it's what you collect as taxes vis-a-vis what you pay as salaries subsidies uh, you know your 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 uh, uh, pensions and so on and so forth right that's a tremendous number which is not going into productive investments right uh that number has to be brought down over time easier said than done but it can be brought down over time in fact i think former doctor uh, governor dr subara has spoken about this as well um yeah. reduce the revenue deficit over time give it 7 years 8 years but bring it down to zero so that's the first way you generate some resources and some space for capital investments uh second thing if you're putting money in in don't stop you know don't do austerity even the economists are telling us don't do austerity now whatever you're saving on this revenue deficit push it into infrastructure push it into into health education nutrition sanitation etc put it into productive investments you require it okay 
and I'm supposed to be a fiscal hawk, I'll be the first person to say, blow up the deficit as long as you're putting it into productive um, investments. We need it. We need it for creating jobs and output. Right? Uh, very quickly, Natalia, on the bank's part, look, um, I completely agree with what Rupa said. Um, I, I do think banks are important because that's th this institution which creates money in the system is banks, right? It's it's it, We need banking purely to create a credit in the system. At the moment, our credit to GDP is 50%. China's, we know, is about 200%. Uh, China's a bad example to compare with, but clearly we need to create a lot more of money in the system. And it has to be productive money. It has to be money which creates output and jobs, which therefore creates income, which therefore creates consumption, which therefore creates savings, which therefore creates investments and becomes a nice virtuous cycle. A lot of good things have to happen in the, in the banking system as well as in the real sector alongside, right? What can the finance minister do? Exactly what Rupa said, which is helping the system govern itself better. And I would put it on two fronts. One on the public sector front, I don't think consolidation to your earlier question is the answer. It's a good reform, but it's not the most critical reform. What you need is what the PJNI committee report said, which is bring some DBS is owned by the government in Singapore. It's a government owned bank. You don't have to privatize, but put some distance between the government and the banks. Let them operate freely. Bring the banks under Companies Act, not under Bank Nationalization Act or SBI Act or whatever. Uh, give them the freedom to hire and fire and to pay market prices. Give them accountability, as Rupa said, give a board the power to govern them. And and, um, they, and get them out of the three C's or four C's or five C's, as you call them, right? Uh, and, and of course, in the governance, I would suggest it's ownership neutral. You see frauds everywhere, private sector banks, you know, public sector banks, foreign banks everywhere. So whether it is uh, auditor reform, whether it is board reform, whether it is credit rating agencies, uh, RBI supervision, a whole bunch of reforms have to happen alongside. It's a tall agenda. But to summarize, Mithali, um, look, we... we we will probably see a stretch of the fiscal deficit. It's not a bad thing to do as long as it's going towards job and out, jobs and output, which means money going towards infrastructure, money going towards education, healthcare, and nutrition, and towards revival of the banking system along with reforms. If that creates a large fiscal deficit which impinges upon the fixed income market, A, I think the RBI will step in and the, the market is conducive towards um, you know, uh, RBI stepping in because every central bank in the world is stepping in. Yeah. Second, there is enough savings in the system. Look, uh, because the foreigners have bought so much of our equity, we are all sitting on current account balances and on liquid funds and on uh, un undeployed funds, wondering where the hell to put the money in. And because your rates are so low right now, you're actually risking asset bubbles because you know it's all hot money waiting to be invested in some uh, asset or the other. Um, it's easy for the government to raise funds directly from savers. In fact, I would suggest bring out a COVID bond at 6% tax-free you will easily get three to four lakh crores within a month. You've done a lot of favors to foreigners in the past, NRIs in the past through EC, you know, FCNR schemes and all that. Do a favor to us Indians. Come out with a special COVID bond scheme. You will get plenty of funds. You can deploy it for productive investments. Um, and by the way, that will also help control the money supply and control inflation. It's a long, tall agenda, but all of this can be done, uh, Mithali. I've heard uh, COVID says Anant, now I've heard a COVID bond as well, but clearly that's going to be a recurring theme in the budget. Uh, we're at the tail end of this conversation, but let me open it all out to all of you and ask you for your top two or three things that you would really want to hear from the finance minister in this budget. Ashish, let me start with you. Uh, you know, you've made your point about how you're, you don't think we should lean so heavily on the financial system, but from the budget itself and for economic ramifications, what do you want to hear from the finance minister? 
I think uh, let me tell you uh, some information so that uh, you think uh, at least the perception created is that stock markets are only about equities. Uh, this year, uh, BSE raised uh, 13.54 lakh crore uh, for uh, on uh, debt. Uh, and if you add uh, NSE, probably it will be in the range of totally 22 to 23 lakh crore uh, of debt raised for uh, Indian corporate sector and also municipalities and state governments and all. So we are as much on the the fixed income as uh, we are on the uh, what I call risk side, but somehow we get uh, kind of clubbed only as the people who are in equities. So I just wanted you to be aware that uh, the stock markets in India are now really, really the places where the channelizing of savings of the economy actually happens and not uh, as much through other means. Now, uh, there is one more issue which uh, comes up each time every 10 years is a new infrastructure bank. In 1980s and 1990s, we had three infrastructure banks, IDBI, ICICI, IFCI. Then we had ILFS, then we had IDFC. And all of them go down and then we want one more. And so that I think I have seen some articles favoring those kind of things also. So I just wanted you to be aware that debate uh, probably we didn't touch upon. Uh, what I would like to see uh, from budget, budget not as a, a kind of an accounting uh, statement, but as a yeah. uh, statement of purpose for the government yeah. is how does it rationalize the compliances for okay. the industry, for the for all, all the people? How does it rationalize the compliance burden, which is immense? Uh, and for me, that is also uh, as much uh, the land and uh, money and technology is important. I think uh, rationalizing, uh, rationalization of uh, compliances and reduction of authority in uh, individual inspector's hand is creating tremendous hassles uh, from the SMEs to the large uh, companies onwards. And how do we uh, kind of resolve that uh, amicably? Uh, for me, is, a, is something uh, that needs to be done uh, very, very fast. The second part is that uh, India, with all our uh, raucous discussions and democracy, uh, we are pretty much uh, over last 10 months, we have come out to be one of the best managed countries in the world. If you look back, uh, over last 10 months, we have the minimum infection. We are in not even top 100 in number of infections per million and also number of deaths per million. And also in vaccine itself, we have created two and we have four more in the pipeline. For me, this is come. And also India has also sent a lot of medicines, a lot of people uh, to help other countries. For me, we need to basically learn how to take the advantage of geopolitical goodwill that has happened due to our own goodwill or our own good work and China's bad work put together. If you can build upon that and bring this textile quotas and other things in our favor, uh, even IT services uh, and other things in, uh, sort of included in many of the multilateral uh, sort of agreements, uh, I'm sure uh, the next five to 10 years could give you growth which we have not saw, seen before because we can continue to uh, worry about what has happened in the past. There are sectors which have completely gone down, like yeah, tourism, travel, they have gone down completely. How do we revive them. There are sectors which have not been, been been doing so badly like IT and BPO and pharmaceuticals, but somewhere in between uh, the truth lies, right? And so if you can create also frameworks which are industry specific and also the sector specific, whether it is SME or uh, the large uh, companies and so on and so forth. And that's where I think government has done a good job over the last 10 months uh, targeting some of their uh, uh, activities on those particular groups. But I think going forward also within their meager resources, which government is going to have, 
how they employ them uh, is going to be, uh, I think, the main challenge. Rupa, what do you think you're going to hear or what do you hope to hear in terms of, you know, mobilizing more resources in terms of impact investing? Do you think she's going to readdress the social sector exchange that she talked about in the previous budget? What's your what's on your top two or three in terms of what you want to hear? So I, I'm again speaking from the lens of the area in which I work, which is impact investing. I do think measures to activate the social stock exchange. I think the, there was a working group which has made very robust set of recommendation in terms of new instruments, in terms of new institutions and uh, new frameworks for measuring impact. So I think there is enough out there for us to even start taking steps towards getting the social stock exchange, which will be a platform on the BSE and NSE, for example, getting that activated. So that is certainly one thing that I do hope uh, that we will see some announcements about. Uh, the, the second thing I would say is that just make regulation um, simpler in areas where, where uh, you know, where small tweaks can have massive impact. And in our uh, segment, it is, it is, for example, the social venture funds. Uh, there is regulation, but social venture funds haven't really taken off because of some simple tweaks in the guidelines which are creating some confusion, issues about returns and things like that. So I think if those things can be clarified, it will, it will really activate the flow of massive amounts of capital, which I can tell you is just waiting to come in. So provide the capital that is waiting to come into the impact space, the platform and the ease to flow in. And the third, as I said, is I do hope this, uh, this uh, on the whole digital, accelerating the moment, momentum of digital in improving the lives of the lower 60% of India's population distribution, I think that is again something that would be very welcome. Before, as a banker, what is it that you hope to hear from the finance minister that you think will, um, you know, either encourage the system or alleviate some of the existing problems for the banking community? Oops, I think we've lost the connection with Mr. Bufour. Um, Anand, final word with you. I know you laid out a lot of your do's and don'ts, but what's a non-negotiable within that? What's the one or two things you think uh, the market and indeed you would like to hear from the finance minister this time around? Mithali, a dil mange more, so I'm not going to stop with one or two items. So first, I'd love to see a focus on jobs and output. Okay, I think that's the crux yeah. and we have to see a focus on that. Second, I'd love to see a, a, a glide path which says we're going to, because we need resources for creating jobs and output. I would love to see a glide path which says we will bring down revenue deficit to zero over the next five, six, seven, eight years. Give a credible number, but do it. Because anyway, you have to change FRBM as well. Third, yeah. don't yeah. save that money. Don't do austerity. Spend that money on infrastructure, on education, on healthcare, on nutrition, public services, and on cleaning up the banking mess. We talked about banking. I'm not going there again. Fourth, I'd love to see some honesty around the numbers. Last year's budget, by the way, did a step forward on that, but we still have a lot of accounting smoke screens. One of the reasons I want that, Mithali, is because we follow these accounting smoke screens, the government stops spending. It stops paying its dues on time to the people who deserve it, right? Uh, because that helps show a lower deficit. Don't do that. Say the real numbers and pay out whatever is due to the MSMEs and to the, the entities, etc. Fifth, I would love to see some action on sectors which are going through chronic stresses including power, including real estate, including um, 
in some ways making land available for fresh investments as well a lot of good reforms have happened on on labor and on pli and on uh, corporate taxes i think land is the next frontier which needs to be addressed uh, finally uh, on resources raising i think asset sales will definitely be there they will have an ambitious target for this investment uh, in the interim i would also love to see a covid bond uh, don't tax raise money through covid bonds rather than rather than excessive taxes long wish list if they give me 60% of this i'll be very happy mitali i don't think you'll be the only one happy anant you'll have a, a large sort of group party happening on zoom if much of this comes through thank you all for joining in it's been an extremely robust discussion such fantastic points both in terms of you know compliance or digital acceleration or what you lined out just now anant my deep thanks to all my guests and uh, of course we will join you next monday we are getting closer and closer to the big day which is the union budget and we thank you for watching us now and do join us then as well as we unravel what the budget holds thank you This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.